My name is DJ AG. My name is MC Paul Revere. Welcome to an extremely shiny edition of the show entitled The Silver Apples of the Moon. Mm. Reaching out to our WB Yates demographic exactly there. Exactly, bring in the Yates fans. <laughs> we love you all. <laughs> Having done a show entirely about gold, projectmoonbase.com slash gold. One of our most popular shows, One of listeners. Our most popular shows, yeah. Seductive gold. <laughs> Everyone loves it. <laughs> but many people also enjoy silver. They do, yes. Particularly us up here on the moon, where it's a little bit closer to the general colour that we see all around us. It is silvery. The man it's, in the moon is, is silvery. He's got he a is. silvery face. He does. So we've selected some of our favourite uh, silvery tunes for you, dear listener. But in amongst all of that, we do, of course, have MC Paul Revere and his unnecessary news. The trimmer is trapped by its tags under screws A and B. If it is too long or too short, the screws may be moved. We are going to actually bookend the show with two versions of a song which used to give me the heebie-jeebies when I heard the original Hawkwind version. I don't know why, but I never was a big fan of Silver Machine for some reason. Or hippies. Or <laughs> Dirty hippies. Or the smell of patchouli. We have a delightful easy listening version brought to you by none other than Hansi. Oh yes, James Last, believe it or not, does a sensational version of Silver Machine. James Last there with his version of Silver Machine. He's cleaned it up, added a bit of brass, added a bit of last. <laughs> He's made it okay, hasn't he? Yes, he has. I'm not scared of it anymore. The most delightful part of that is when you're expecting the classic vocal line to come in and the brass fills that place rather, be- rather beautifully. It says, no, we don't need you. <laughs> we don't need you. We don't you. need you, strange vocal line. <laughs> we have brass. <laughs> Sadly, something has been reissued on the CD. You can probably pick up a copy in a charity shop or on eBay. Originally, I believe that was on Nonstop Dancing 73. That's right. And if you've got an elderly relative, <laughs> then you might want to start having to look through their record collection before it uh, gets taken away. Yes. Now, we're going to have a little bit of a change of pace, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> we're going to the w- delve into the world of Peter Reno, mm. who we have just discovered is an alias <laughs> of a gentleman called Peter Taylor. <laughs> Yes. This track is originally taken from the 1972 album Great Day, and it features a lightning speed flute, Mm. Hammond and Wah Wah Workout, with driving Afro-style percussion. (laughs) There we go. That original album being one of the many DeWolf Music Library albums, and they've been collected together. 
on a second volume. It's a compilation called Bite Harder, Volume 2. We can get some of the finest moments of the DeWolf Music Library's output. This is a track called Silver Thrust.
Silver Sands there from Stereo Lab mm. with uh, Letitia Sadier providing vocals from the album Chemical Chords, a bonus track. And before that, Peter Reno with Silver Thrust. <laughs> <laughs> It's all thrusting silver on this week's edition of the show, dear listener. Who knew the flute could be thrusting? <laughs> mm, but the Stereo Lab track was marvellous, wasn't it? And you were saying that on their... Uh, yes, on, on what might go down as being their last album, not music, until they entered this lengthy period of hiatus. <laughs> There's actually a massive 10-minute remix of that tune, which doesn't bear a great deal of resemblance to it, by The Emperor Machine. It's rather splendid. Yes, so you're listening to Project Moonbase, and there are many ways in which you can find out more about the show. Get in touch with us. Each show comes out on a Sunday evening. If you want to find out when it's out, uh, or if you want to get in touch with us, you can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash Project Moonbase. And uh, that's a great way to talk to us and tell us your thoughts, listeners. We always love to hear from our listeners. Praise, obviously. <laughs> Mainly praise, yeah. Mostly praise. <laughs> but we will get into it if you really want to. If you want to fight it out, We listeners. don't mind taking it outside. We will roll up our space sleeves. <laughs> Although rolling up the sleeves of, of a spacesuit is probably not too healthy, but we'll try it, we'll try it. Anyway, and also, listeners, if you enjoyed any of these tracks and you think to yourself, I may purchase those from, from the various artists, what heart involved in making them? Come to projectmoonbase.com because we have a list of all the tracks we play and links to where you can find them on Amazon and on iTunes. And mm. if you found yourself on iTunes... We'd really appreciate if you gave us a nice review and uh, clicked five stars. It really helps the show bubble up and helps other people find this oasis of sanity in a world gone mad! In a world gone mad. Listeners. The world's gone so mad we've had to relocate to the moon. Exactly. That's what's happened. So you need to help other people find this oasis of, uh, from, from, as I say, from the world gone insane listeners <laughs> don't keep it to yourself no spread it around get the children involved get the nephews involved bring them to your knee next time you're playing scrabble dear listener if you possibly can get the words project and Moonbase together in the game that'd oh, be one way to tell people about the show that's lovely that's a good idea that is that's subtle <laughs> if they start saying that's not a word you can just say well actually look on the internet it is a word <laughs> look if yolo is a word <laughs> If balls is a word, then Project Moonbase is a word! Sadly, I don't think you can put the .com in, but uh, you can add that in verbally. You can try. <laughs> you can try. We'll be returning very shortly with some silvery sounds from the 80s, or possibly the fake 80s, very shortly, dear listener. But first of all, it's time for us to wear the tiara of unnecessary news. Set world record by doing 16 pull-ups with his pinky fingers. <laughs> the phenomenal athlete is May Bam Itoma Mete of Impala, <laughs> India. For 14 years, he has trained for this task, doing more pinky finger pull-ups than anyone else in the world. He weighs only 120 pounds, which is 8.5 stone, which doesn't seem very much. No, I guess you'd have to be quite light to lift yourself on your pinkies. Well, <laughs> but apparently that's all muscle. Oh. Especially finger muscles. <laughs> to earn his record, he had to start from a hanging position on the bar, then lift his chin over the bar, and then fully extend his arms again. In 27 seconds, he managed 16 pinky lifts. The mere thought horrifies me. And if you go to projectmoonbase.com, you can find a link... To a video oh. of this uh, finger feet. Icelanders make insect snack bars. Yum. Insects are a staple food in parts of the developing world, but two businessmen from the developed world, the unlikely location being Iceland, are proposing to use them to make energy bars. Mm. Well, I'm all in favour of that because I never eat those. Those are just for <laughs> lunatics, aren't they? <laughs> yes. Adel Steinson and Stefan Throdson, at least that's what at least I hope that's what their names are, say on their website they got the idea from a UN report suggesting the Western world could benefit from using this abundant source of protein. Mm. And formed a company to make bars with ground-up bugs. Mm, delicious. They got funding from the startup Reykjavik program earlier this year and have just announced a second prototype of their crowbar on Twitter. Crowbar? Crowbar. <laughs> Does it have any crow in it? I don't know. I think that it, it might be slightly more appetising if it did. <laughs> they tell the uh, Nutty Min News... <laughs> They tell the Nuttiman news site the insect superfood breaks down into amino acids that the body needs and is also rich in calcium and vitamins. Crowbars provide a realistic, sustainable choice of excellent nutrition in your pocket. 
whether you're taking a two-minute break from a challenging hike or need a boost between work meetings. The pair insist. Stefan admits not everyone is likely to enjoy the flavour of insects. Ah, there's the rub. Mm. But told the news company that crowbars have an answer. Mixed with other ingredients like almonds, coconut and cacao, you can't really taste a lot of the crickets, <laughs> which he describes as mild and nutty. <laughs> they have presented their prototype bars at food tasting events in the capital Reykjavik and hope to go into full production later this year. Mm, can't wait. Yuck. <laughs> so what they're saying is when they mix the horrible tasting in edible garbage with things that taste good like <laughs> almonds and coconut then yeah, it doesn't taste too bad would you would i've got you? a suggestion for them which is maybe just leave out the insects and just have right. the almonds and the coconut yeah that <laughs> does sound better yeah yeah would you try that uh well probably not no yeah i've got a suspicion that that is what my diet is <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we'll leave that to one side. <laughs> Mel Brooks used a prosthetic six-finger for his print on the Walk of Fame. <laughs> Mel Brooks has been making people laugh for years now, and when the time came for him to leave his handprints in wet cement at the Chinese <laughs> theatre along Hollywood's Walk of Fame, he continued the streak of fun, but many didn't even notice that Mel Brooks wore a prosthetic extra finger on his left hand that was so realistic looking that even if you look at the photograph, you wouldn't necessarily see it. I certainly didn't notice to start with, because I'm not in the habit of counting fingers. No, no. And let's face I don't really know how many fingers human males are supposed to have anyway. No, For no. all I know, maybe they're supposed to have six fingers on one hand. A hundred years from now, some kid is going to be dragged down that street and he's going to catch a glimpse of Mel Brooks's handprint <laughs> with the sixth finger and he's going to believe that the digitally challenged can make it in Hollywood. <laughs> Give that man a hand. You have been used. Sibiricus. I think you have this again, yeah. Thank you, sir. A very ambidextrous selection of new stories. There'll be more later on in the show. I do intend this as a compliment, but that was a wonderfully weedy <laughs> track from, well, allegedly from 1985. 
Um, that was a band called A Silver Age. You can find that on Volume 4 of uh, Bedroom Cassette Masters, an ongoing project by Cy Holland, who has very kindly sent us all of these volumes over the years, which is very generous of you. And I believe he's in the process of doing a one-off 90s collection, which may be taking mm, things danger. into a forbidden territory, but uh, hopefully, he'll, hopefully he'll be back into the 80s fairly soon. As we've mentioned before, one of the delights of each volume of the Belgium Cassette Masters is they come with a, a sumptuous, if you can have a sumptuous PDF, they come with a <laughs> sumptuous PDF. It's one of the most sumptuous PDFs I've seen. It's certainly <laughs> it is, yes. filled with a spectacular amount of photographs and That's information. Right. And Some lovely old adverts for, uh, for 80s gear. Each band gets to say a little bit about their tracks. We gather that that was some teenage bedroom shenanigans from mid-85. A bit of a doodle, apparently. I quite like that slightly. Mm, uh, very good. Not all there to sound to it. <laughs> and that was made using a Roland SH-101 <laughs> Boss Doctor Rhythm, Boss Flanger and Delay and on a Fostex X-15. There we are. That might have been the Fostex I had. Well, well no, mine was X-26. I don't know. There was an X in there. <laughs> well, I'd like to think so. The Fostex was sort of, look, this is missing something. Do we have any extra Xs? <laughs> yeah, we've got a pile of Xs over here. We just had them um, over from Belgium. Well, just throw an X in. And that makes all the difference, ladies and gentlemen. Fostex X, yes. Bedroom Cassette Masters has a Bandcamp page, but as with every track on the show, the probably the easiest way to find your way there and to own a copy of these tracks, if you'd like to, is to go to projectwinbest.com, in this case, slash silver. And now we're going to play a track from uh, a Finnish band, Arvico, who used to be heard every week on the show, because we used to use one of their tracks as the Project Moonbase theme for many years, actually. Yes. The so first stage of Project Moonbase. <laughs> first stage. Before we were reborn. Before That's we right. snuggled into our chrysalis, liquidized ourselves <laughs> entirely, and reformed ourselves into a glorious butterfly. Glorious butterfly. Before that happened, we were playing Arvico. We were. It's a great yeah. tune. It is a great tune. I, feel, I hope they didn't take it badly when yeah. we, we finally said, Get out! and replaced them. I'm sure they were relieved, perhaps. <laughs> they probably couldn't take the attention. From that same album, which is called Back From The Futa, this is an uncharacteristically uh, mellow moment from Albico. This has had almost a sort of vaguely bossa kind of quality to it. This is a track of theirs called Capitano Argento. Thank you. 
Lenny D there with his version of White Silver Sands, originally hit for Don Rondo in 1957, and before that, Arvico with their sort of Middle Eastern, mm. turned out to be. Yeah. <laughs> in the end, Capitano Argento yes. from the album Back from the Futa. Mm. Lovely stuff. Splendid. Now, we will be having three more silvery selections for you, dear listener, very shortly. But first of all, it's time to light the candelabra of unnecessary news. A rare two-headed snake has been found by a farmer in northeastern Turkey. It was discovered in the Black Sea province of Giresun and is currently being kept under quarantine at a reptile house in the city of Antalya on Turkey's southwestern coast. I hope you have a map of Turkey <laughs> out in front of you. I'm referring to it right now. Osgur Erdli. That can't be right. Is he from Somerset? Osgur Erdli. I'm in charge of caring for this <laughs> two-headed snake. It says it needs to be constantly monitored because of its size and shape. Since the snake has two heads, its neck is thinner than normal, he says. Snakes swallow their prey in full and then they digest it. If you feed the snake a big portion, it might choke. Hence we feed this snake in small portions. (laughs) The young snake appears to belong to the Koluba genus of thin-bodied, fast-moving snakes, commonly known as racers. One of the keepers at Antala Aquarium's reptile house says two-headed snakes are very rare and have little chance of surviving in the wild. Being two-headed is a major disadvantage because its anatomical structure makes it more vulnerable to attacks while it also draws the attention of predators and people going, Ew, look at that snake, has got two heads! <laughs> I thought it would help because they can look in two directions at once. Two heads are better than one. What happened to that? <laughs> That's what I was led to believe. Anyway, it's two weeks old, and the snake is expected to grow to a length of 20 centimetres within a few months. Earlier this month, the same newspaper reported the discovery of a two-headed dolphin <laughs> washed up on a beach in western Turkey, making it twice as smug as your <laughs> average dolphin. You're not a fan of the dolphin, are you? I'd, I mean, I, they're all right. <laughs> but, you know, people do make a fuss of them, don't they? They make more of a fuss of them than the babies. They do, yeah. Just think how much of a fuss they make of a baby dolphin. Oh, my goodness. Stop it. <laughs> Stephen Hawking says Higgs boson research could destroy the universe. (laughs) What does he know? Well, exactly. (laughs) Stephen Hawking is claiming that experimenting with the Higgs boson particle could create a catastrophic vacuum decay and destroy the entire universe. How do you feel about that? One, not bothered. Ten, super bothered. Where are you on the scale? Oh, about six. Hmm. I'm about one myself. <laughs> Death by boson apparently could occur if scientists put the particle under incredible levels of energy, creating a catastrophic vacuum decay that would obliterate the known universe in the introduction of a new book. Star Mus. Yeah, Star, Star Mus. A collection of lectures. My respected scientist, Hawking, explains how the God particle could get all Old Testament on us. <laughs> The Higgs potential has a worrisome feature that it might become mega-stable at energies <laughs> above a 100 billion giga-electron volts. Mm. This could mean that the universe could undergo catastrophic vacuum decay with a bubble of the true vacuum expanding at the speed of light. This could happen at any time and we wouldn't see it coming. So what's the problem? <laughs> and that's what the Big Bang was. I'm hoping for it. I'm hoping it happens before the end of the programme. <laughs> No, because it's not a vacuum. It's the other way around. I know, but what I'm saying is the Big Bang happened after some Swiss scientists in a previous version of the universe destroyed it. Angered Stephen Hawking so that he would write an essay to me exactly (laughs) how to destroy the universe. (laughs) Unfortunately, it would take a particle accelerator larger than the Earth to create the energy levels necessary for the reaction to take place, if it would ever take place. Keep in mind, this is apparently all theoretical. Oh. But do you think this is real, or is it just Stephen Hawking continuing his epic sulk about being wrong about the Higgs boson? (laughs) Isn't it just Stephen Hawking trying to sell his new book? That too, yeah. (laughs) Experts create a teapot made of chocolate. (laughs) More science, listeners. It actually works. The expression, as much use as a chocolate teapot, has taken on a whole new meaning, because this brewing device, crafted from cocoa, works like a dream. The world's first chocolate teapot has been made using dark chocolate with 65% cocoa solids. Mm. Mm. Due to its high fat content. Mm. Construction of the teapot was done in layers. Mm. (laughs) 
around a silicon mold with the whole process taking around two and a half hours. Master chocolatier John Costello and his team from Nestle Product Technology Center in York were given the task to create a working piece of equipment, i.e. a teapot. The challenge was witnessed by the BBC's The One Show. <laughs> isn't that just, isn't that all a bit religious normally? Maybe they're trying to prove the existence of God with a teapot. <laughs> I believe Bertrand Russell proved the opposite. <laughs> with a teapot? Yeah. Mm. Well, do you not know that thing about if somebody said there was a teapot going around the earth? He said, you don't, to prove something is wrong, you, you don't have to, you don't have to be able to prove something is wrong to know that it, it's a whole philosophical <laughs> thing. Just Google Bertrand Russell and a teapot. A teapot, I will. You'll, you'll find Do it. my own work. Just about to embark on a rather <laughs> tedious explanation of the whole thing, but then I suddenly realised no one cares. The challenge was witnessed by the BBC One show, and it was to develop a teapot that could withstand boiling water, enough to let the tea brew for two minutes before pouring. Mr Costello enlisted some of the PTC's top scientists and engineers. <laughs> Chocolate engineers. Mm. Top chocolate. I'm an en I am an engineer. What kind of engineer? You know? Steel at the chocolate. Chocolate engineer. To help in its development, and they solved the problem after a range of experiments. The team did find a few issues along the way. What we found is that when we first started to look at it, we would probably end up with chocolate tea, Mr. Costello said. <laughs> Interestingly, if you pour the water in a certain way and you don't stir inside, you just let it settle and let it brew like you would a normal cup of tea. Just let it stand for a little while. When you pour it, what happens is the chocolate on the inside of the shell melts, but it doesn't move anywhere. It stays where it is, so you get a very, very small amount of residue coming up on top. <laughs> Tasting the final brew, the team concluded it was a lovely cup of tea with a slight hint of chocolate. <laughs> science! The majesty of science, ladies and thank, gentlemen. Thank goodness for chocolate engineers. Well, if, if it weren't for this, we would just have to stick with our old-fashioned ceramic teapots, wouldn't we? <laughs> now we can dash them to the floor, splinter them into a million shards. There's no use in them anymore. And move on to chocolate teapots. <laughs> you have been used. Morphilus. Thank you, Mrs. Conium. Thank you, sir. For that infusion of uh, news stories. There'll be more on next week's show.
was the uh, wonderfully deranged sound and definitely under the pillow sound of the Silver Apples, a very well-known electronic duo who recorded a couple of albums in the late 60s and then recorded an album, a third album in 1970. Unfortunately, the label they recorded it for went bust. Did they go to sleep? <laughs> they may have done. I think the tapes ended up in the drummer's flat for about the best part of 30 years. Finally, it came out in 1998, I think. The album's called The Garden. And that was a track called uh, The Owl, as you might have guessed. Sadly, the drummer is uh, no longer around, but Simeon, the man who uh, designed this extraordinary uh, rig of uh, oscillators and other electronic sound sources, is still around and still touring as the Silver Apples, and I think coming to the UK, actually, at the end of October, beginning of November. So if you want to go and experience that live, that'll be the place to do it. Now we're going to have a bit more experimental electronic music, but in sort of library music form. This is music concrete pioneer Tog Dockstatter doing some electronic work for Boozy and Hawks. Boozy and Hawks? <laughs> Look here, Todd. I demand another music <laughs> concrete. I can't keep myself in port otherwise, frankly. People seem to love it for some reason. Just churn a bit of it out. Get some concrete. Was we'll that, get you some aggregate. Is that Boozy or Hawks? It's Boozy. <laughs> Hawks is a teetotaler, as you well know. <laughs> Extraordinarily recorded two albums for Boozy and Hawks called Electronic, Volume 1 and 2, both of which have been recently reissued I believe even on vinyl. Vinyl. <laughs> Apparently, the demand for vinyl is uh, outstripping the manufacturer's ability to actually press records, which is a delightful mm. thing to discover. Hipsters. <laughs> uh, well, it'll go up in value then. It won't will. It? Yes, it will. Collect well, Do you think they'll just start melting down all those old weird religious <laughs> albums and stuff that you see in second-hand stores? All the, pri- all the private press stuff. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Hipsters are going to be going round thrift stores buying up crummy albums so they can melt them down. <laughs> yes. Mm. Jim Reeves. Jim Reeves. <laughs> just melt them down. The Alexander Brothers. Oh, there's many, many. many melt them, melt them oh, yeah. all. So uh, we're going to actually play a rather lovely, beautiful, floaty little, soothing little number from Todd Duxatter on volume two of Electronic, and this is called Silver Float. Dockstatter there with some of the silkiest, silveriest, smoothest mm. concrete, <laughs> or music concrete known to man. Track there called Silver Float mm. from Electronic Volume 2. Beautiful. Yeah, very good stuff. Mm. Now, listeners, if you enjoy this show, you can, of course, friend us on Facebook. We're on there. Facebook.com forward slash Project Moonbase, I imagine. 
Never use it myself. <laughs> We're also on Instagram. We're also on Tumblr. And, of course, we are on Mixcloud. If you dislike the world of iTunes or yes. you just want something else, we are on Mixcloud. We've even made it into the top 20 on Mixcloud. Yeah, we've charted, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> we have. Who knew? <laughs> It's because, let's face it, it's because Mixcloud is just full of international DJs doing mixes of stuff. Yes. And so we got into the comedy chart. <laughs> comedy chart. Despite the fact this show is not really that funny. <laughs> well, I think it's quite funny. If you just think listening to two old men shortle their way through <laughs> through some music is comedy, then yes, it's hilarious. <laughs> If you enjoyed these tracks, you can go to projectmoonbase.com and you can find our links to all the tracks we play in links mm. where you can find them on Amazon and iTunes. And you can also find all our social media links on yes, there. Yes, on can, the top. Yeah. You can friend us on a, a multitude of platforms, mm. should you feel the need. Please do. <laughs> Please do, yes. I have been DJ AG. Hope you haven't had to resort to the French polish on this week's edition of the show, dear listener. I have been MC Paul Revere, and I hope you enjoyed essaying this week's show. <laughs> We mentioned at the top of the show we're going to bookend uh, this week's show by playing two versions of Silver Machine. And who, who is doing this version of Silver two Machine? Two more contrasting versions we couldn't find, really. Mm, who? This is the great William Shatner, of course, who uh, a couple of years ago released a great double album called Seeking Major Tom, which was the album we were waiting for, really, which is an album of full of cover versions, which is what we love yeah. Shatner for more than Improving his way through various songs. <laughs> This one included. I don't quite know how, how he managed to engineer it, but each track features one or more luminaries of the rock world. And I, guess I imagine were... a handgun was involved. <laughs> so for this version of Silver Machine, we have Wayne Kramer, who I believe was in the MC5, and a gentleman who I have to say I wasn't familiar with called Carmine Apis, or Apis, who apparently was a member of well many bands, including Vanilla Fudge at one time. He's worked with Aerosmith and all sorts of other people, but anyway... Two of them have bumped into William Shatner in the studio and produced this rather extraordinary version. So we're going to let you sail off into the night, dear listener, with their version of Silver Machine. If you've enjoyed Silver Apples of the Moon, dear listener, you may also enjoy Golden, Golden Apples, Apples of, of the, the Sun. sun.
listen very carefully. As next week on Project Moonbase, we bring you other voices.